This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jump-starting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Talk. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about paying your dues. How long does it take for those dues to be paid? What does it mean to have paid your dues? And what can you do once your dues, quote unquote, have been paid? So the notion of paying your dues is um, old school type of notion that you have to go through certain challenges, experiences, um, development, um, education before you're qualified to do certain things. So think about it, it, for example, the notion of, um, there are a lot of jobs now in 2021 that in 1951, you wouldn't need a college education to do. But now you, people need that college education to do those jobs. Think about some type of white collar jobs, managerial jobs. People could rise through the ranks and you know become uh, middle managers oftentimes without having a college education. Now um, people need college four years or even master's degree to be able to um, obtain those same type of jobs. Part of this, of course, is that there's so many more people who have a college degree that it, in some ways, um, makes it less of um, a distinguishing factor, but also because of the way um, the workforce is set up and the way the, the world that we live in and the dynamic nature of change, uh, there are different skill sets that are needed that one might not be able to develop just by going through high school. So how do people pay their dues? Well, let's talk about the first thing, you know, briefly, education. Um, We go through college um, or grad school. We talked about before about um, in a previous podcast about, you know, student loans and education and whether it's worth it. And, you know, the results usually say that people do get a return on their investment. But now you're out, you're out of school, we've moved past that. And now you're at work. What does it mean to pay your dues? Well, part of it may be that you have to do things like have certain types of developmental experiences? Do you have to work in certain projects? Do you have to work in certain like geographic reasons? Um, We have an alum from our master's program at, um, uh, from Michigan State University. 
and she came to talk to our um, students and she's a VP of HR at a Fortune 500 company. And she said that for her company, part of paying your dues or part of your developmental process was that you had to become a VP of HR in her company or VP just in general, is that you had to have an international assignment, right? Um, the, the people at the top levels of the organization felt that that was something that people needed to have to be able to have one of those um, executive type of roles. Another type of paying your dues may be that you're the low person on the, you, have, you occupy the low rung on the ladder. And as such, you have to take the type of assignments that people don't wanna take. Uh, maybe you deal with the difficult clients, or maybe you, um, I'll put it in the context of a faculty member, you have to teach eight o'clock class, or you teach the course that nobody wants to teach, things like that. Um, even though I know a lot of people who would like to teach the eight o'clock courses, to me, that would not be fun. Um, you just look on the, the student's face and you can just see that they're not happy to be there. But anyway, um, but another thing is, it's so, you know, one hand, some people may say that you have to earn your right to get the privilege to be able to um, have those plum assignments, to do those things that, um, you know, uh, to reward you for longevity in the organization or reward you for performance in your organization. Other people may think that paying your dues may be um, a form of hazing. And I do not advocate hazing on any way, uh, uh, way shape or form, but some people feel like, oh, this is the, the, new, the, the new person, the newbie. And as a result, um, this person has to um, go through these experiences, not only to um, prove their mettle, that they're strong, um, it could be a second point of being vetted or second wave of being vetted uh, after getting into a position, but it can also be a way of earning respect of um, others. Um, it's almost like an initiation. Um, when you're doing things that are abusive to people, of course, that's not good, um, but some organizations have that kind of climate and or units and to the extent that people in HR or that people who are in managerial positions can uh, make sure that that uh, newbie hazing doesn't occur, of course, that's a, that's a good thing. I think of paying your dues though, the way it should probably be is I, I, I know I irritate my students, um, particularly my PhD students must be really sick of me saying, wax on, wax off. Um, the line from The Karate Kid, and most of you all know that movie with uh, uh, Ralph Macchio, Pat Narita, about um, you know the young man who wants to learn how to play um, uh, play to, to do karate and he um, volunteers for this um, older sensei and um, to you know have him teach him and he starts painting walls and waxing his car and he feels that he's not being taught anything but in the but he really is 
And I, you know, I tell my students and I tell um, people I consult with, a lot of time a good boss is giving you developmental experiences and you might not even realize that you're being developed. Now, in the case of the Karate Kid, the, per the, uh, the, 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 the young man felt at some point that he was almost being abused by um, his karate instructor because um, he felt like, hey, he just has his cheap labor, but then he realized that he learned all these things. So part of being a good manager um, is to be able to explain to people, hey, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm asking you to do these things. Now we know that there's a theory called goal setting theory. And goal setting theory says that if people participate in making their goals, that they um, have uh, specific goals and, the, and by specific, it means not something like do your hardest or try hard. It's like being very specific. People are given feedback in their performance. So specific and specific goals that are challenging. Why do the goals need to be challenging? Well, there is the Yerkes Doxis law or hypothesis. It says that people need a little bit of pressure or challenge in order to motivate and engage them. At some point, the person peaks in performance. If there's too much, then performance starts to decline. So you need to have some challenging goals so people won't be, um, they won't, they'll be engaged and motivated. So specific, challenging, um, they participate in making those goals. So and part of participation should be like, okay, I'm going, I want to develop you this way. So I'm going to have you do these things so that maybe in two years you can rise to this. Um, have an ex explanation with your employee. So goal steering says if you have those three components, that individual's um, performance, what, what, what the result is, is higher self-set goals. So meaning that when employees participate in making their goals, they're typically higher goals than if the um, boss had just made them and you have higher performance. So specific challenging goals, participating in making them, you have higher self-set goals, higher performance. And goal setting theory, you know, we're talking about human behavior. You, you t I mean, it's not equal MC squares. They're not, um, you know, the, the, the laws of physics that are involved that X is always gonna happen if Y is gonna happen. But when you talk about goal setting theory, it's pretty darn close. It's probably one of the most reliable uh, theories of motivation that we have out there. Um, so the why it's so important is because pe people, um, when you participate in making them, they um, feel a sense of buy-in and they don't engage in something called reactance. And what reactance means is that you are so upset because you feel like you're being excessively controlled, uh, micromanaged, that you tend you end up um, saying, oh, I'll show you. And you try to do the exact opposite. Um, I'm very lucky that I have a good teenager, but you know, think about your teenage years where you know you felt like you're being excessively crawled by your parents and you rebelled. So remember goal setting theory and explaining to people why they have to pay their dues and um, setting up a way to help them navigate uh, paying their dues, because that can be kind of difficult as well for people to accept. Another thing is that um, 
what happens when you have paid your dues? What does that exactly mean? Um, when do you know when you paid your, your, your dues? Does that mean when you feel that you can handle things on your own? Um, how about if you have a boss that feels that you haven't paid those dues? Um, some people say, like, how long do I have to pay my dues? Um, you know, it, and you're seeing this a lot too with millennials um, or even people who are part of Generation Z, the, the oldest members of Generation Z. They've graduated from college or particularly you see this more with millennials. They've bounced around with a lot of jobs where they haven't gotten a lot of pay or stability or respect. And they're like, wow, I'm 30 something years old. I'm still paying the student loans. I'm living through paycheck to paycheck. I don't have um, job security. At what point do, you, do I start um, being able to say, hey, I've paid my dues. Well, one of those things is when you can, are able to brand yourself and say, hey, I am an expert in XYZ. Um, I'm the go-to person on this area. I've carved out an area of expertise for myself. And you do that via something we call job crafting. What job crafting means is that you... Um, Ask for assignments that really coincide with your interests and your skills and over and you, you volunteer, you become the resource on that. And over time, more and more of the things that you excel in are usually transitioned to you or assigned to you. And then you're able to wait to kind of free yourself um, typically of things that you're not in your interest, you can make, um, you know, try to negotiate with your boss and say, hey, you know, I really like doing, um, I don't know, um, compensation reports um, every year, doing the compensation analysis for this unit rather than doing some other project. Can we kind of negotiate um, so I can do this, uh, more of this and less of that? And over time, you get that expertise. Also, being a person that people um, can rely on as being as someone who is um, you know, reliable, someone who's knowledgeable, you don't let people down, and you'll be more likely to um, have a situation where um, you are going to be able to job craft into the role that you want. Another thing is the notion of being realistic. I see this a lot. Um, when I was younger, I probably, I was shy and I probably wasn't like the most confident person, you know, 30 years ago coming out of college. Um, but some people, um, they might have overconfidence and they feel that they have already paid their dues or they shouldn't pay, they don't have to pay their dues like anymore. It's nice to have someone that who is a mentor, a person who can give you feedback and say, hey, what at what point do I start advocating and saying that I have uh, finished paying my dues? Because you know it's not reasonable to expect that 
the, that the day that you start in an organization that you're going to be given the most glamorous job that everyone is going to trust you to do everything and such, you know, you have to earn that type of uh, trust, even if you're going into a, um, even if you're going into a higher profile type of position. So what happens if you really feel like you are um, ready to go on to that next stage, right? And say, you know, I've done paying my dues. I want to be able to do things that, um, that really co coincide with things that I am really good at. Um, and, you know, not doing these lower level tasks, like what, what, what can you do? Well, one of the things that you can do is let's say your boss doesn't agree with you. Well, what are some ways that you can influence your boss to, um, and say, Hey, I, I, you know, I have, um, this type of disagreement with you. I, I feel like I'm ready. There's an interesting article a few years back in Harvard Business Review talking about how to disagree with your boss. And, and I think that um, um, it's by a guy named Joseph Grenny. He gives some good starting advice and I can expand on some of those advices. Some of it is just when, as you get a relationship with your boss, realize that you have to be upfront and be candid with your boss and say, you know, um, you know, I would like to develop, you know, have a relationship with you where we're, we're transparent with each other and continue that transparency. Another thing is make sure that you don't undermine your boss. And when you're going to conversations and saying, hey, I am ready, you don't wanna do this in front of a group of people. You don't want to undermine your boss and explain your reasons for asking for, you know, uh, different assignments, more development assignments and things like that. Also, you need to show appreciation. Show appreciation to your boss um, before you disagree and say that, hey, I want to, um, you know, I've earned my dues. I want to start doing something um, else. And, you know, it, you have to earn that ability and develop that that um, the, uh, the relationship and earn the right to be able to uh, have these conversations with your boss. Um, there's a term called idiosyncrasy credits. And idiosyncrasy credits means that over time, once you have a good reputation for performing well, people are willing to cut you slack, to give you an, a chance, to give you an opportunity. And it may be unreasonable for you to go on from the very beginning and think of, that you should do this, uh, be able to like do these certain assignments, particularly if you know that your boss, um, him or herself, had to go through a lot of steps to get to that role. Another way is to, and I'm going to have in a future podcast, um, uh, some, some folks I've worked with on impression management and influence tactics in the workplace. But some of the ways that you can influence your boss are to use some impression management or influence tactics that have a lot of good research behind them, like legitimizing. And legitimizing means that you um, compare your situation to that of someone in a similar situation and that, that your boss or your organization wants to be like, 
and you say, hey, they did it, can I do it? For example, you may say, well, so-and-so was able to um, start uh, working in the, in the central office as opposed to remote office after um, only six months and it worked out really well and that person was a star performer. And I believe that, you know, don't you want to like duplicate that success? That's legit, legitimizing. Another technique might be rationalizing. And rationalizing is providing uh, data, um, statistics, um, rational argument to convince your boss that that is the right thing for your boss to do to help you, um, uh, you know, to transition into things that, uh, that you really want to do as opposed to doing those tasks that you feel like, hey, I've earned my dues to move past those. So um, I hope that this advice has been helpful. If you have questions, feel free to email me at athall at msu.edu. And I hope to that I hope that you join me in a future episode of uh, People Talk. Thank you, take care, and be well. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues, and remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.